This episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is brought to you by the Self-Care for Teachers School Staff Wellbeing and Resilience Sessions. I'm taking bookings now for the 2021 Student Free Days and Twilight Sessions for school sessions on cultivating a culture of wellbeing in your school staff. In-person presentations are available in Queensland only or the online training is available Australia-wide with tiered pricing options so that small schools and state schools can access the training equitably. Send your inquiries to hello at selfcareforteachers.com.au now. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self Care for Teachers, helping you prioritise your health, happiness and wellbeing so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. Welcome back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. I am thrilled to bring you this week part two of my conversation with Stuart, my husband, the clinical exercise physiologist. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, which is part one of this conversation, I highly recommend going and doing that first because that's uh, where he explains what an exercise physiologist is and the difference between an exercise physiologist and a physiotherapist and a personal trainer. Um and we also talk about, uh, I suppose, the, the a bit about the science of exercise um, as medicine um, and some of the different uh, ways that can be used um, and where to start if you haven't exercised in a long time. And then we begin the conversation about fatigue, um, which is obviously what we continue in this episode. So you really do need to probably listen to that episode first. But in this episode, we pick up talking about using a heart rate variance monitor um, and then different ways of tracking uh, various bodily um, symptoms to as a way of managing and mitigating fatigue, which is just such a huge issue for teachers, um, especially at this time of year, but really all the time. Um, and so, obviously, if you are experiencing fatigue and struggling with that as an ongoing issue and, you know, not just really tired at the end of the day, but feel much better the next day after a you know good night's sleep um, or feeling much better on Monday morning after the weekend, but like really constantly tired all the time, please do go to your GP and just get a checkup because it can be a symptom of other things, of medical conditions. So you want to make sure you're getting that checked out. Uh, but also then, you know, look at the lifestyle. And this is in conjunction with even if you do have some kind of medical condition that's going on, then start looking at the lifestyle factors that that do make a difference. And that is what this episode is about. Um, it's not the full, you know, There's it, it's a complex thing, fatigue, right? Um, but Stuart and I uh, ran a masterclass series earlier in the year, which was part of the Resilient Teacher uh, group coaching program. And we are now releasing that masterclass series to the public. So it is currently on early bird pricing. I'll put a link in the description of this episode. But if you are really interested in looking at these lifestyle factors, we do cover as a, as a kind of extension of, of the information in this episode, we cover the four main ones, which is exercise, um, nutrition and hydration, stress, which is obviously a huge one and very, very relevant for teachers, and then sleep, which you know, is pretty obviously related to fatigue. Um, so that masterclass series, that fatigue resilience masterclass series is available 
now for anyone, even if you're not part of the Resilient Teacher Group coaching program, um, and it's on early bird pricing until the 11th of December 2020, as is the self-care system for 2021, which is the kind of next iteration or the evolution of my self-care planner and healthy habits tracker. Um, I have now, I mean, you can still just get the planner on its own, um, but there is now a mini course uh, about how to use it, but also like you need a system, right? You don't just need a planner, you need a system. It's not a, a quick fix. You need to know how to apply this sort of thing in your life ongoing and how to make it a ritual and a routine and a habit. So, that's what the self-care system is about. I will put all those links in the uh, description of this episode and in the show notes on the website. And both of those are on early bird pricing until the 11th of December 2020. So, make sure you check that out. Uh, and of course, there's always the freebies library, which has a whole bunch of free resources, including the uh, spreadsheet that Stuart recommends in this episode. It will be in the freebies library. So, you can get that at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. And uh, also, the Resilient Teacher Group Coaching Program is going to be happening again in 2021. So, if you are interested in that, make sure you get on the wait list at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash resilient teacher. So, those are all the things I wanted to just update you about. I invite you to uh, go and grab any and all of them that are relevant to you. Uh, I know it's a busy time of year. I know that you're probably very, very tired. So, this is very timely. I do want you to pay attention to that. Fatigue is a symptom. It is a signal that um, your body is is worn out. So, don't ignore that um, as best you can. Obviously, there's a few days or a few weeks left of term depending what state you are in and you just need to get through. But please start paying attention to this as an ongoing thing so that it doesn't become, you know, a life sentence of just being tired all the time because it is not, it doesn't have to be that way, right? I think we accept it as normal in teaching and it doesn't have to be. So, let's Let's change that. And I invite you to uh, check out the resources we've got on offer, book in a session with Stuart if that's something that you think uh, would be helpful to you. And um, as always, remember you are a person first and a teacher second and you're so worthy of your own care. Enjoy the second part of my interview with my husband, Stuart, who is an exercise physiologist and has a lot of experience working with fatigue. And as I mentioned, we pick up this conversation talking about getting some objective data to measure and manage um, fatigue. Enjoy the episode. We know that when, when there's data, when we can measure something, we can manage it. Um, so it's useful to have that, those kind of objective measurements. Yeah. So that's, that's been my um, event with, uh, with fatigue in particular. Um, and I did come across a couple of teachers in that, in that time. Um, mm. and that doesn't surprise me yeah, absolutely so as I said you know it was it was across a large sphere of, of professionals yeah and and I think you know what's probably important as a takeaway here is that you know fatigue is a symptom of something that you should pay attention to especially ongoing fatigue um, and we know it's something that is a is a symptom in a lot of different chronic illnesses. And I think in the teaching profession, it's something that we just kind of, oh, yeah, well, everyone's exhausted all the time. That's just given. Well, it shouldn't be given. Like we need to pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, so, so, I, you know, I want to say, of course, if, if you are recognizing yourself in that 
description, just book in with your GP and go and have a chat to them about it because you first of all, you want to rule out if there's anything else going on, yeah. like you know, if there's anything underlying happening that might be causing it medically. Um, but also then you want to know if if it is just, you know, quote unquote, just related to the workload and the amount of energy you are expending every day at work and not being able to replenish that, um, then, you know, you want to pay attention to that too. And um, I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I'm definitely not paid by them or, or anything like this. I don't even own one myself. But um, the, the paying attention is, is very interesting. And I think a, a very, very simple way to do that would be something like journaling. I personally am not a big journaler. <laughs> you mean you mean journaling is in keeping track of symptoms, not journaling your feelings out, right? Yeah, exactly right. So actually, like, you know, a little Excel grid or, or something like that mm. um, and putting exercise, sleep, um, you know, nutrition, whatever it may be, whatever whatever you think that you are doing and not doing and actually giving them a rating. I think we have a, a little template for that that we could share with people uh, in the freebies library. Yeah, sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> um, uh, another way of doing that would be something a bit more techie. So there may be people out there that have heard of a company called Whoop. Um, I believe it's W-H-O-O-P. Um, once again, not uh, <laughs> not being paid by them or, or anything like this, but there's been a couple of very interesting things lately where uh, I'm a bit of a golfer, so I listen to some golf podcasts, uh, not just teaching one, sorry, Ellen. <laughs> and there's been some very interesting cases with coronavirus and using HRV monitoring. So um, someone felt reasonably well, just thought that were a little bit tired and run down because they're doing a fair bit of travelling. This is a, a US case. Um, and their whoop was telling them that their HRV levels were, were quite low the ratios were quite low and the, the average was quite low. Uh, went, went and got a coronavirus check and sure enough, I had coronavirus. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's not just a, a really sort of niche, really techie tool. It, it can be very, very useful for your overall health. Um, mm. I, I know it's also good for picking up things like uh, dehydration as well, which I'm sure would be something um, teachers would need to be aware of, you know, if um, you know, on the go all day and, and don't have a bottle near them. That's definitely something that can be picked up. But mm. um, it, it's definitely something that I would recommend if you are someone who enjoys technology um, and maybe looking for that little bit more accountability day to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I agree. Uh, and yeah, so there's a few different, um, I'll put a link in the show notes and in the description of this episode to um, a few of the different companies that do heart rate variance monitors. Oh, yeah. So work, work is not the only one. There, there are, you know, literally dozens uh, of companies that are now involved in this, including some of the big companies now like your Google and your Samsung and, and Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a, a while back when I was probably just before the pandemic when I ordered mine um, and I did some research and I, at the time, the things I read were basically saying that the, like anything on your phone or your smart watch, unless it's a really, one of those really expensive sports, but smart watches is possibly not accurate. Yeah. And like, like anything technology, the, the more things are out in the market, 
<laughs> the better they'll get. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely make sure that you you are getting something that is quality. Yeah, and I think because there's a difference between heart rate monitor and heart rate variability monitor, like the heart rate monitors in your Apple Watch and your you know your basic smartwatch, they're fine. Yep. The heart rate variance is not um, there, the measurement of the variance, which is what we're talking about here. We're not actually talking about your heart rate. We're talking about the variance, the the you know the the space between the beats and how that we want actually more variance, L- less variance, more kind of a monotone or metronome. Um, beat is actually a, a signal that you need to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to necessarily focus on the, the technology side of things too much. Like, mm. like I said, there, there are some easier options out there in terms of you know, not having to um, not having to, to press a few buttons. You can actually, you know, you can do the journal option. Um, mm. There's even some, some different tests out there. So there's some sort of fatigue uh, I think one of them is like Chalder, Chalder, C-H-A-L-D-E-R test or, or something like that online, which is just a, a, a very simple... Um, like an assessment. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be like eight or ten questions where, you you know, you could do that one regularly. Um, there are other ways out there, but if mm. but what I'm trying to get across is that you need a form of structure. If you If you think that you are in that category of not controlling your... Your, um, your fatigue in general, it, a good way to get started would be to use one of those really simple tools initially, maybe do it every fortnight or something like that, mm. and, and just see where you're actually at. So take notice of any patterns that are, that are emerging. Um, Different times of term. That's what I was about to say. So, you know, you'll notice probably that your fatigue will increase sort of that eight to 12 week um, mark in the, in the term um, because, you know, you're, you're going through a lot more marking and assessment and whatever it may be and you're ignoring possibly your own health and your own needs. Um, mm. So I think that would be uh, a simple way to get into it maybe rather than just going out and, and buying a, um, you know, a smart device, just maybe not noting down what, what is happening week to week. Yeah, definitely. And and then as you say, you know, get some baseline data and then you monitor it over time. Yep. Um, we'll touch on that again in a minute, but um, just to kind of, I suppose, wrap this up in terms of your tips for teachers when it comes to um, exercise and fatigue, what, do you have tips for teachers, like simple things that, other than the, the tracking um, that they can do when it comes to including exercise in their lifestyle or... Um, supporting themselves with fatigue. There are many, many different things that I could <laughs> I could recommend, but I'll, I'll try and keep it as short and sweet as I can. Yeah. Um, so there are definitely things that we've talked about already. So picking a a program that is sustainable. So what the, what that means is avoiding those uh, once in a blue moon, high intensity boot camp style programs. Mm. Actually, finding a style of exercise. Um, or a form of exercise that is sustainable. And that does not have to look like a gym. Yeah. It, it may be um, a form of exercise that you enjoy in your younger years possibly. So um, something that I often get people back into is something like you know hiking. Um, swimming is a big one in Queensland. Um, yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to look like a gym program. 
And the other thing is, is that you don't have to go to a gym to do a gym workout. If, mm. if you have some equipment at home, there's many different ways to go about it. But think about your baseline. What is your baseline? Be, be honest with yourself. You know, when was the last time that you went for a job? When was the last time that you lifted something heavy? Do you have sore joints? Do you have any type of, um, you know, lifelong chronic illness that, that may impact your, your exercise? And, uh, there's definitely, you definitely need to be aware of that, but don't be overly cautious with it either. So, mm. uh, oh, I'm, I'm thinking back to sort of my, my university days. I had, several lecturers that would, you know, say exercise cures all, um, half jokingly, half not. But there, I can guarantee you could type in exercise and any type of chronic condition and there will be positive research articles saying, yes, you need to be able to to find, um, you know, an exercise program that suits this and, and stick to this plan to, to improve your condition or injury or whatever it may be. So find your own baseline. I would highly recommend <laughs> seeing an exercise physiologist or a physiotherapist yeah. or, in some cases, a personal trainer. Um, mm. Some personal, not all personal trainers are equal. Some are definitely more uh, in tune, I suppose, with um, their limitations. So just just because you haven't exercised in 10 years doesn't mean that you, you're going to be injured or, or ill or anything like that. And a personal trainer sometimes may be a good way to reintroduce yourself back into a, a regime. Um, but if, if you are going that, that route, I would suggest find one that is flexible. So if they're too rigid and say, oh, no, you've got to, got to stay in the gym or you have to do a certain program this way or that way, uh, maybe think about seeing someone that is more qualified. Uh, that would be my, my suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and um. And I would also add that it's okay to try someone if you don't feel like it gels, you can see someone else. Like that's also the advice for like when you're going to find a psychologist or a a counsellor or a coach or something like it's important that you feel safe and comfortable with them and that you trust them to to, um, be looking after your, your needs. So, yeah, it's okay to give someone a go and then decide actually they're a bit, you know, their approach is not for me. Yeah, yep. 100% 100% and agree. then try again. <laughs> Don't <laughs> then just give up. <laughs> and that, that sort of leads me on to, to my last point. And this is something that I would always say in my initial meeting with someone. And that would be make sure that you are progressing with your exercise. So if let, let's say that you, you start an exercise program today. Don't fall into the trap of just doing the same thing for the next year. The body is very, very intelligent. The body will adjust to whatever that activity may be or that movement may be, and you won't actually get the benefit. So uh, it's better than doing nothing, <laughs> but steady, gradual progressions are absolute key um, to a successful exercise program. Um, that that's sort of my my main focus when I have clients for for long term. Mm. I would add, because something that often comes up with my coaching clients is, but don't progress too fast um, because what 
what I have seen people do is they think, oh, well, I was doing three times a week and I did that all right for three weeks and now I'm going to go four times a week. Yeah. And then by week six, when they can't make that four times, because now it's now it's the middle of term and things are getting busy, they can't make that four times a week goal that they had, which is an improvement of wherever they started, um, then they do nothing. It's like, well, I, could, I couldn't do my, ex- my extra progressed option, so I'm going to do nothing instead. As I just said, I mean, it's better than doing nothing at all. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. there's progressions and there's progressions. So there are so many different ways to progress an exercise. If, if, if your form of exercise is walking or jogging, it may be a case of just going an extra 30 seconds, right? It doesn't have to be going faster. It could be just extra time. It could be integrating, you know, a hill or something like that. If your gym style is actual proper gym, it may be the case of, you know, increasing the repetitions, increasing the set, mm. increasing the weight, increasing the intensity. <laughs> there's, there's many different ways to go about it. And, and that, that's one of the reasons why I recommend seeing a professional because they can definitely help you uh, pick the right progression for you. So based, mm. based on your baseline and based on where you're at at the time, um, mm. I think that, that's very important. And something I've heard you talk about before too is to have an, a plan A, B, and C. Yep. So, that, and that relates to what I was just talking about also about making sure, it, you know, if you are having a bad day health wise or, you know, mentally or physically, mm. making sure that you're, you're not just sitting around and um, I suppose avoiding your usual routines. So, Something that I used to have, particularly for the, for the chronic fatigue sufferers, I would have their normal program. And normally it was a gym-based one, not, not all the time, but um, I was lucky enough to, to be working out of a gym, so you know, they could come to me. Um, I would have their normal program for when they're feeling their usual self, um, once again, from their own baseline. Feeling okay for them is probably different to, to the rest of us. But if they're having a bad day, I would make sure that I had a plan B program. And that, that may be as simple as going for a gentle walk mm. or halving their, their sets in the gym or halving their repetition in the gym. It was very tailored to, to the individual, but mm. always having sure that you, you had a backup plan. Um, because quite often doing a, some light movement actually made them feel a little bit better. Yeah. So rather than, than doing their, their usual, um, you know, moderate intensity program, just doing a lighter program actually increased their mood. Um, you know, they're still getting the, the cardiovascular benefits out of the exercise or, you know, they're still doing a little bit of strength work, even though it might have been lower weight or lower repetition, they're still actually doing something. Well, one way I see this happen with teachers a lot is, oh, well, I'm going to go to that 4.30 yoga class or that 4.30 pilates or, or whatever the class is but then guess what that you know something happens during the day at school the staff meeting goes on forever and you don't actually get out until 10 to 5 and so you've missed the class and so whatever your plan a was i'm gonna do this great class it's gonna be wonderful after school school the day just gets derailed and your plan a is now impossible well, what's your plan B, you know? And even then, well, what's your plan C? Because now maybe it's dark, so you can't go for a walk, um, you know, around the park because it's, it, you know, it's dark and you're not going to do that or you've, you've got to go home and cook dinner for the kids or whatever. Is there a plan C option? That you, is there something that you can do at home, even if it's gentle? Um, you know, maybe it's a yoga with Adrian YouTube um, 
YouTube video or whatever, having that backup plan, as you said, not just for when you're physically not, not feeling up to maybe plan A, but actually sometimes just life gets in the way and plan A now is not, not going to happen. Yeah. And, and look, it happens to everyone. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not just the, you know, the, the fit and healthy that avoid these things. It does happen to everyone. Even the, the Insta stars that, um, you know, have six packs of steel and, and all that. that <laughs> I, can get, I can guarantee that they would have a day in their life where they would not be able to get to their gym or go for their run mm. or, or whatever it may be. And that is okay. All right? it, I'm not here to say that you need to be exercising every day or every second day. It is quite okay to miss a day as long as you get back into that routine as soon as you can. And that, that may not be the next day. It may be within a week or something like that. We all have moments in our life where, that um, you know, throw us off course a little bit. It's, it's important to, to get back into that routine as soon as you can so you're not losing the benefits that you've gained. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of evidence out there, particularly with strength training. Um, I mean, let's face it, strength training is, is probably you know, one of the more common and probably one of the best ways to, to improve your overall well-being um, and once again strength training depends on where your baseline is but it only takes two weeks of not training to start losing muscle mass again um, mm. so it, it just goes to show that you you know if, if you are finding that you've been put off course by as a teacher if you've got like mm. lots of report cards to do for the week um, I would still definitely recommend doing something that week but if you can't that's okay but try and get back into that routine as soon as you can so you're not losing what you've already gained. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to wrap this up, uh, this, I mean, there's so much more we could say and we have got the whole Fatigue Resilience um, Masterclass series that people can go and check out. I'll put a link in the um, description of this episode. But also, um, because fatigue is such a huge part of burnout but it's also just such a, a common struggle that teachers tell me about and because I happen to have this uh, resource on hand in Stuart the exercise physiologist who has all this expertise in fatigue and in and in how to manage and mitigate fatigue um, even when it's not at that that uh, I suppose that clinical chronic fatigue syndrome level uh, we have um, I suppose some options for people if they do want to work with you yeah absolutely so um, uh, there's sort of two main options and it's not necessarily the only option, so I'm, I'm, def mm -hmm. I'm definitely willing to, uh, willing to, you know, customize to, to someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, there's two main programs that we've got at the moment. So, um, something called the Fatigue Resilience Assessment and Management Plan. Uh, and that's more of a, a sort of a one-off, I suppose. So actually analyzing where you're at, at the moment. So doing that through some, uh, some questionnaires. And just general uh, question and answer as well, but some really specific questionnaires around fatigue. Um, and depending on who you are, it may be like a, um, a physical disability question. It may be um, a DAS, a DAWS, um, which is depression, anxiety, stress scoring test as well. Um, so figuring out where you're at at the moment and giving you a, uh, I suppose, a general overview of where, where you should be starting and where you should be Some progressing to. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and so it's 
a pretty, even though it is a one-off, it is a fairly intensive uh, call, I would say. So we actually do some physical assessment. So luckily in this day and age, we can now do video calls and phone calls as well. So actually doing some physical assessment to see where you're at. So I would talk you through that and see what level you're at at the moment and then base a program on that. But uh, definitely some some tests that would be related to your everyday life. So you know, as an example, like a step test or, or a walking test or something along these lines, just to gauge where you're at at the moment. Uh, so that's plan A. Plan, plan B is a three-month package. So mm-hmm. that would actually consist of four sessions. So what I just suggested before, so you know, doing your assessment, questionnaires, um, and building that plan. And then we have two progress sessions in the middle. And then at the end, we have a reassessment as well. Um, so that's what the four sessions will be consisting of. So it's really good options for um, you know t- teachers who feel like this might be something that you want to chat to somebody about, you know, an exercise physiologist about. Um, and, you know, obviously Stuart is um, available to do that. And that, so that will, we're going to set that up under the selfcareforteachers.com.au website so that you can um, book that in. Uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes and the description of this episode in your podcast app so that you can go and read all about that if you are interested in it. Yeah, heaps of different material that I can find for people if they're interested, but we'll put some basic stuff up there. Yeah, and we will put that um, tracking sheet as well in the um, in the freebies library. Great idea. Because um, I, know, I know we actually already have that, so we'll pop it in there. Well, thank you so much, Stuart. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast after all this time. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher well-being and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second and you are worthy of your own care. are still actually doing something so that's that's something that i've noticed sorry how does that count? <laughs> i thought we were going to make it without crinkle interrupting that was good